Welcome to the Film Trooper Podcast, empowering filmmaking entrepreneurs. Hey, welcome to the Film Trooper Podcast. Yes, this is the podcast where we empower you, the filmmaking entrepreneur. And a great way to get started is to get the book, How to Make and Sell Your Film Online and Survive the Hollywood Implosion while doing it. It's available in paperback, Kindle ebook, as well as an audiobook. And in fact, you can get the audiobook for free when you go to survivetheimplosion.com. That's survivetheimplosion.com. All right, in this episode, the VIP Film Summit creator and the indie film coach, Ron Newcomb, talks with legendary filmmaker Eduardo Sanchez about the Blair Witch Project and what life was like after that pivotal movie. So without further ado, here's Ron and Eduardo on the Film Trooper Podcast. So hey guys, Ron Newcomb here with the Film Trooper Podcast. I am joined today with Ed Sanchez. He's going to be talking to us about, uh, of course, what we all like to talk about, filmmaking entrepreneurship and how it relates to, uh, to his legacy and what he's been able to do. So, Ed, obviously, the, the, one of the biggest things that you're probably uh, known for is, is Blair Witch, uh, which came on the scene, I believe, around 1999. Yep, 99. Tell us a little bit about kind of the start of that. Like, whose idea was it? Um, the found footage, obviously, is what it's kind of the moniker it's kind of known for, really. Yeah. Um, and just walk us through a little bit of that. It was, uh, you know, Dan Myrick and I, we were, we were in uh, film school together in uh, Orlando, like early 90s. And uh, we were just talking about horror films. And, you know, this is early 90s. So it was, uh, you know, the, the horror um there, there weren't many great horror movies coming out around that time. Uh, and we were kind of like, you know, at least scary horror movies, you know. And we were like, you know, what kind of stuff scared us when we were kids? And why, you know, why can't we make movies? Why can't they make movies like that? So we went back and just started throwing ideas around and uh, rented a bunch of movies. And we really loved the whole kind of pseudo documentary style of uh, that show in search of. Um, and certain documentaries uh, that kind of, you know, like, like we, we always describe as pseudo-documentaries. They're like supposed to be documentaries, but they're not really, uh, you know, they're kind of made up, you know, yeah. or, you, yeah. or you stretch the facts a little bit, you know. Um, and we were wondering, you know, we, those movies really, we, they scared the crap out of us when we were kids. And uh, we were like, I wonder if we could do that again, you know. So the idea kind of came up, the idea of like these filmmakers going out somewhere to investigate some kind of legend and then disappearing. And then their footage being found. The first idea was like many years later, like, you know, 20 years later, their, their you know, the raw 16 millimeter footage is found. But uh, once we kind of got into production and we started realizing that we weren't going to be able to, you know, <clears throat> shoot everything on, on 16 uh, we kind of, you know, scaled back and, and made the time frame a little closer to the time that we were shooting. So, um, but yeah, that was kind of the idea, man. And then, you know, Dan and I both, you know, we sat on it for a while while we finished school and, um, uh, finished some other projects that we had been work, we were working on. And then, you know, sometime in like, uh, 96, uh, we kind of got together and we were like, man, we gotta, we gotta make this called the woods movie we got to make this woods movie and that's when we really started working on it greg hale the produce one of the producers got involved and kind of got the ball rolling and the you know the rest is history yeah so so your film experience up until then was you were going to film school finishing that up maybe other people's side projects 
Um, now, you m- mentioned 16. Was it shot on 16 or was it a digital? We shot, uh, you know, the, the movie takes place in 1994. So we, you know, we thought, well, you know, they probably would have shot on 16 millimeter. if She was a serious documentary filmmaker, you know. Um, you know, back then video, I mean, you know, people were using video, but you know, not the way video is used now, you know? Uh, And so we were thinking, well, you know, if, you know, she's a a student at MC, she doesn't have much money. She, you know, maybe somebody gave her some black and white film or something, but so we shot some of it on 16 millimeter black and white film. And that was supposed to be like her documentary about the witch, you know, that was supposed to be her, you know, the, the film that she was making. And then, um, but, you know, the behind the scenes, she was, she had a little video camera, a little high eight video camera that she videotaped, you know, just them doing stuff and messing around all that stuff. And that's what, that's what became the majority of the movie, you know, um, you know, along with the 16. So, you know, it was just kind of a formula that, that worked well for us. Yeah, no, and it seems like one you've revisited a little bit from time to time uh, as well. How about the actors? What were they? What were they like? Were they were they friends or you guys do auditions? Yeah, yeah, we did auditions in New York and Orlando and, and Los Angeles and uh, D.C. a little bit, where you know where we were shooting the movie, you know, around Maryland. Um, but really, New York was really kind of the you know the the gold mine of of actors. You know, just so many you know actors there. So we went through probably about a thousand people. I had a lot of auditions because we were looking for a you know particular type of actor. Um, you know, it, they had to be uh, they had to feel like they were real. You know, they could they couldn't feel at any moment like they were acting, and that's there's a certain kind of acting that you need that that uh, where that happens. Um, and there's a lot of people who just didn't get it, you know, they just came in and kind of they were acting their character or whatever. And, you know, and then, so we went through a lot of people and Josh, Mike and Heather just kind of stood out, you know, um, Mm -hmm. we started narrowing it down, um, you know, and we just kind of played people off of each other and started eliminating people. And eventually it it came down to, uh, those three. So, and we just thought that it was like, you know, not only were they great, um, you know, improv actors and it seemed like anything we threw at them, they came back with something very natural, you know, and very real, but also, um, it was just a good mixture. You know, there was a good mixture, you know, uh, Heather was a strong woman, you know, Josh was kind of hippie, long hair, and, you know, Mike was more kind of funny, you know, um, kind of, you know, the, you know, kind of sports guy or whatever. So it was just kind of a good combination where they kind of, uh, you know, they, they played really well together and they, and they fought really well together too, which is yeah. what um, that, that they ended up doing most of the movie. Yeah. So they, were they in on the full scope of the story or did you give them kind of bite-sized chunks was it more scripted than it kind of no no, it it wasn't scripted at all it was Hmm. you know dan and i wrote a script that was about you know it was like 20 pages but it was basically a script with no dialogue yeah and um you know it followed all the beats and uh but we knew from the very beginning that that we were going to you know improv the dialogue because we wanted it to sound real we didn't want it to sound like there were lines you know yeah so we didn't, you know, we didn't write any, uh, you know, obviously we didn't write any dialogue. Um, so, uh, you know, we just kind of left it up to the actors to kind of come up with this stuff. We would give them little directing notes, um, you know, a few times a day, 
Um, we tried not to contact them, have any kind of personal contact with them once we they started shooting. Like we really wanted to isolate them. We didn't want to be it be like, you know, us behind a tree somewhere coming out and you know telling them how to redo the scene. We wanted them to just do it, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, so you know, and and that's kind of what 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 you know uh, what what the shooting was like. Uh, you know, we just kind of trusted the actors a lot. And, um, and, you know, directed them really through remote control. And it was amazing. Like Dan and I, you know, once we got back to Florida, started editing the movie, um, it, it was amazing that we had, you know, we, we really did, they, they really did lay out the script that we wrote, you know what I mean? Like it was remarkably close, you know, so, you know, we did a good job directing them and they did a good job, you know, taking our directing notes and, you know, uh, you know, running with them in a, in a certain direction. But a lot of the stuff, you know, was total improv, like the scene with Mike and the, you know, kicking the map into the Creek. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was totally them, you know, that was just something that Mike, you know, saw an opportunity. He took it, you know? Um, but, uh, you know, but, you know, they, they were just amazing. And it was an amazing experience to kind of sit back and, and, you know, manage the production and then see the footage, you know, as much as we could every, every night we'd watch some of the footage and really, really amazing stuff. And, and we thought, you know, we knew we had something special. We just didn't know that, you know, what exactly it was going to become, you know? Yeah. So one of the things I think is kind of, you know, striking gold it was the marketing around it. You know, obviously, you know, the internet was, uh, websites and so forth were, were, it seems like just becoming a thing where you could utilize them. But, but you guys did a brilliant job with that. Did you kind of just walk into the, the marketing element or was that a very much a planned entity? I mean, it was, it was a little bit of both. I mean, it, you know, it was, um, you know, it was just a need, you know, we, we, we had a little bit of a, of exposure, uh, early on in like early 90, I guess 97, um, there was a show called split screen that, that, that played our, and basically what, what was our investor reel? We hadn't even shot the movie yet. We built this investor reel. Um, and they showed it on the show called split screen and we got a little bit of, uh, you know, it was, it was on Bravo and it was back that back then when, you know, Bravo was, in probably, you know, a, a very limited number of homes. So it wasn't even that much outreach, but just that segment <clears throat> on Bravo on that show kind of, uh, you know, really blew up on the, on the, the show is called split screen and really blew up on their, uh, on their website and the discussion board, you know, there's a lot of talk about Blair witch. Oh, cool. So, and then, uh, we, we, and then we shot the movie, uh, that fall. And then, in the spring, uh, for the season premiere of, of the show, they had us do another segment, which actually used the real footage. And that's the first time that the footage was ever shown in public, like in, I guess, March or April of, of, of 98. And the discussion board then really blew up. I mean, it was people, you know, people were really hungry for what the hell is this? And I haven't heard of this and it looks real. It looks fake. You know, all this discussion, so we were like, man, we got to put up a website. You know, we couldn't afford anything else. We got to get the word out. We got to get people are hungry. We got to feed this, you know, this hunger. So luckily, I had worked um, a little bit on. I had built a few websites early uh, in an earlier job. Um, so I built the website, and um, so I would basically would have I would edit the movie. Um, and then uh, leave, and then I would edit the movie probably six, eight hours a day, and then Dan would take over and he would do his edit. And then for the few hours that 
I was not editing. I would work on the website. And uh, so the website went up and it was, and we were, our thing was like, we wanted to make the website, you know, we, there was no movie websites. I mean, yeah. it just wasn't, yeah. th- that wasn't really what movies did. Um, but we wanted to do something that was, you know, that was cool. That was almost like we wanted to treat it like real, you know, we, we wanted to make it like we had actually gotten this doc, this footage and we were, you know, editing now and here's some few clips of it. Yeah. Um, so we put this up and it was very simple and, you know, but people, we, we had, we had our own discussion board and it was just, it was a remarkable thing because people found it, you know, this is before YouTube, before Facebook, before any of that stuff. And people found it just by word of mouth and people were sending links, I guess, emailing links to people. Um, and we got this really great following, you know, as we were editing the film and it really gave us a lot of, uh, um, you know, a lot of motivation, man, because those were some pretty dark times. I mean, when we started editing the movie and we just started running out of money, um, you know, we were, you know, I mean, it was a disaster. I mean, financially it was a disaster. Like if we, if we hadn't sold Blair Witch, I think, I mean, I definitely would have had to declare bankruptcy and Dan and Greg probably were not, you know, not far behind. Um, but, um, we were just running out of money and, and all this, and, and we were, you know, we didn't know what the hell we were doing, man. We had this movie that looked like a home, a home video and we were like, what is this? And the, but the fans, you know, the people on the discussion board really kind of like became our friends and. Uh, at least for me, like really, you know, I spent a lot of nights just talking to these people and responding to stuff. And, um, and, uh, you know, so, so, and, and then once the movie was sold at Sundance, um, the, the, you know, the, the, the website was up to like, I mean, I don't even know how many hits because, but it was a lot of hits for that time. It was like pretty yeah. like, like we, like we went into Sundance with a, um, a, 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 it was a we had like an, a mailing list of um, uh, ten thousand ten thousand names ten thousand emails. So you know, uh, the ten thousand emails is nothing now, but back then that was a, a lot of people that we were yeah. that that had signed up. So we came, we went into Sundance with all this momentum, and then once we saw it at Sundance, artisans saw the website. And, um, you know, they, you know, and even during Sundance, the, you know, everybody went, went to the website and it was, the, there was a lot of action happening around Sundance. And then, um, Artisan bought the movie, took the website down and then basically rebuilt the website and slowly put it back up. Uh, but it was, you know, my web, our website was basically the, you know, the, 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 the main, the one that they, they use as a guide. And then, uh, the marketing, the rest of it, you know, we, we, we really lucked out with, you know, artists and, you know, buying the movie. We really did because there were some great people at the, in the marketing department and they really got the film. Yeah. Like they really understood what the movie was and they, you know, like, like we did, I mean, we, we did, uh, you know, they, 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 we collaborated really well with them. We did curse of the Blair witch. We wrote it and directed it and edited that. And, uh, you know, we, they, they helped us, uh, you know, do the dossier and, the and the, uh, you know, the, the comic book, I mean, all this stuff that they did, you know, really great stuff. And then, and they, and they cut most of the, you know, all the trailers. I mean, they would send us tapes, you know, with, you know, to send them notes or whatever, but we barely had any notes. I mean, they really were, they did it really did a great job. You know, they really, they, you could tell that they were having a lot of fun with it, you know? Yeah. So it was a great collaboration between, um, you know, a studio and, and filmmakers and they, you know, and they, 
kind of, you know, and we, I think we both respected each other and, and we made a good team, you know? Yeah, no, that's, that's, that sounds like a, a, a perfect marrying of the two. So a lot of our, our listeners out there are obviously the indie filmmaker, uh, you know, trying to make it, uh, make it happen for themselves. Yeah. So there was a lot of rumors I remember hearing about budget. Can you talk, even if it's just approximate on what the, the budget was and what you guys kind of did to raise that? Well, the, 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 the movie was, was two phases. It was phase one and phase two. Phase one was because the movie originally was, was going to be a, a documentary. Like it was going to be, um, you know, a documentary about this footage, about these, about this disappearance, you know, about this disappearance of these three filmmakers. Um, so phase one was supposed to be the stuff that the filmmakers shot. Like this was supposed to be the footage that was found. Um, and then phase two was the documentary stuff, interviews with, you know, police and detectives and family and footage of newscasts and all that stuff. Um, and, um, the first phase, which was the stuff in the woods, which eventually became the movie, you know, but at the time was just one half of the, of the, of the thing. Gotcha. Uh, we made that for about, it was probably about 20,000 bucks. You know, that was our budget. And, and we got, you know, really mad. What saved our asses was, uh, you know, that show I was telling you about split screen. Yeah. Uh, John Pearson was the, you know, the creative on that show. And uh, he somehow, through uh, Mike Manella, who was a, another producer on the movie, hooked him up, hooked John Pearson up with, uh, with Dan Myrick, who was the director. And they, you know, he, they worked together on something in Florida. And then Dan, at the end of the thing, said, hey, can I send you a tape of this thing I'm working on? So he sent them the tape. And John was like, holy crap, I love it. And basically, it was our investor tape. He was yeah. like, holy crap, is that real? You know, like, whatever. Yeah. So he, he was like, can I, can I show this on my show? And so he paid us for that show. And then he said, I'll pay you guys for two shows. You know, I'll air this one and then we'll, we'll on the season premiere, we'll hopefully you guys go out and shoot the movie and we'll do an, another, you know, segment for the season premiere, you know, of, you know, in the spring. So he paid us for two shows and that really was like the main chunk of money. And then the rest of it was, you know, a lot of credit cards and, you know, putting our, a little bit, putting our own money into stuff and, um, friends and family and stuff. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of how we scraped it together, right? Yeah, no, it sounded like it was boot, bootstrap, which a lot of us can resonate with. So, so at the time when I first heard about it, I remember I was, a so I'm also in, in the DC area and I was a police officer in Virginia. And I remember somebody coming to me, but I was, you know, very much into film. And somebody came to me and was like, man, you got to go over to Maryland. There's this, you know, this real witch. I mean, they were telling me as though it was gospel, man. I know you got to love hearing that because I'm telling you, there wasn't even a thought about the movie. It was this place and this event. You probably put that location on the map. I'm sure people went out there and played, you know, paid homage to the area. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, yeah, Burkittsville, which was the town, um, you know, it's like this really small town. And uh, it got a lot of, of attention that it, it didn't want. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, but we, you know, uh, they stole their signs. Uh, you know, they kept stealing the Burkittsville signs. It was terrible. And uh, but, you know, and we, you know, the only thing I always tell, you know, Burkittsvillians, Burkittsvillians is the 
I'm sorry, you know, I, I, I didn't know. Dan and I had no idea that the movie was going to do what it did, and you know, we wouldn't, have, we would have, we would have made up another name or something if people were going to come and you know bother you guys. Yeah, no, no, it was it was epic when I heard it. I, I remember thinking like, wow, man, these guys did it right. So, any little nuggets that you can take from you know way back then to now, it seems like we're in different times, and yet there is some familiarity to it. Where you guys. Yeah on the, you know, mobilize the fan base as you went. Do you incorporate a lot of that now, or do you have any nuggets to share about marketing in, in particular? Well, I mean, it's a completely different game now, you know, and, and um, you know, and really like Blair Witch marketing came from out of necessity, you know, out of like, you know, that's the only thing we had. Now there's so many tools, you know, um, but I think it starts with the product, you know what I mean? Like, I think that, um, you know, and, and, you know, and I, you know, as a filmmaker, especially a horror filmmaker, like I try to do something new and try to do something unique because I think it's kind of inherent to the, you know, to the genres that you have to experiment, you have to try new stuff because you're kind of, you know, you're trying to scare people and, you know, and you have to, you can't do it the same way every time you got to surprise people. So the experimentation is just very important. I've tried to do that, you know, throughout my career, but early on, it, it's it's a lot easier to do early on because, especially if you're doing, you know, low but really low budget stuff, you know, you're getting stuff on, you know, Indiegogo, you're, you know, doing your Kickstarter campaigning, you know, your films. Like I always tell people, this is like if you're gonna do something at that level, do something that like has never been seen before, you know, or, or, or in a way that hasn't been seen before. Like you got, that's your only weapon. You're, you know, I think a lot of people, um, you know, and I did this the same way, man, before Blair Witch in my early twenties, I did, uh, I basically spent a ton of money of, well, you know, at the time, a ton of money, a ton of my family's money on a movie called Gabriel's dream, which was, you know, a, it was, a, you know, it was an. Act, I was really young, but it was a feature. I shot it on black and white, you know, sixty millimeter film, and it and it broke my heart because it didn't go anywhere. But it was basically like a Spike Lee kind of. I was I was really into Spike Lee at the time, you know, especially do the right thing. So it was kind of taking, you know, Spike Lee and making him, you know, coming up with my own story and. Um, you know, for me, like Blair Witch for us was like such a unique thing and so, something that nobody else was doing. You know what I mean? And I think that, um, uh, you know, you, you, you've got to try to find something that, uh, you know, that kind of breaks through the, you know, all the other stuff, you know. Yeah. So, you know, so the main thing is like don't copy don't copy Hollywood. Don't copy other filmmakers. Don't make it, you know, other Quentin Tarantino ripoff movie, you know, just make it, make something that's your own. And, and, and it's, and it's not about like, well, you know, you know, reinventing the wheel every time, but it's just like, find a story that and maybe has been told a bunch of times, but then find a, a new angle, you know, to, 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 to tell it from, you know, a character that hasn't been seen before or something or a location or whatever. Um, but you've got to do that, you know, and I always, that's the, that's my thing. And then from that, if you have something original, the marketing kind of comes natural, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like for, for like Blair Witch, the marketing of Blair Witch worked because the, the story of the movie worked. It was an intriguing, you know, it was a, it was a, these three people, 
you know, going into the woods to shoot a documentary and then disappearing and then their footage is found. Holy shit, you know, the, 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 the story is here, you know, it's like a compelling thing. And then also the way we shot it, you know what I mean? Like we would just put little clips and people were like, holy shit, you know, people had never seen anything like that, you know? Yeah. So, so, you know, I, you know, you can't be, I mean, you know, you can't be as original as that, you know, I've never, I can't even be as original. I mean, you know, you get one of those if you're lucky in your life, you know? Um, but try, but you know, try something like, don't try to like do a Steven Spielberg movie or a frick, you know, like try to make something that's your own. Um, and, you know, and, and, and really if it's, if it's unique enough, the marketing will naturally occur from that. People will naturally want to hear more about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So it's still kind of, you know, it, yeah, exactly. Like you can't, you know, unless you have a ton of money, you can't polish, you know, a turd, you know, you can only polish a turd so much, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you, you know what I'm saying? Or, or, or not to say that, you know, films are turds but the idea that you know it's like if you have something that's main that 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 has been done a million times it's very difficult to make to market it because it's like well people have seen that a million times you know so uh you know so just be you know be unique try to come up with something you know that that hasn't been seen you know yeah no definitely It, it is that story is king mantra so after blair witch i i'm Sure, that sent you off on a trajectory you didn't kind of expect, at least hope for it maybe, but, you know, didn't necessarily expect. What do you see yourself as, uh, more as, a writer, director, producer? Do you still wear all the hats generally? Uh, yeah, yeah, you still have to wear all the hats. I mean, I haven't, I mean, I don't, I really don't consider myself a writer. Like, I, I have written and I do write, but, you know, compared to, like, you know, some of the people that I work with, I'm not a writer. I mean, those, you know, the fact, the idea of like being able to like, um, just so quickly move through a story and come up with twists and stuff. Like I can't do that. Like I, to me, it's a, every, everything's kind of a slow burn. I have to kind of slowly move my way through it. But so really, mo- but, I, but everything you work on, um, you know, you, you get to make little n- changes here and there, script changes, you know, especially on the feature side, you know, you get a lot, you know, you, you, uh, you have to do some drafts, new drafts, you send notes to the writer. So there is a little bit of that, you know, still tinkering with scripts so that, so that's, that's probably about as much writing as I do. And then I, you know, I help my partner, Greg Hale, uh, you know, uh, just we're coming up, coming up with ideas for stuff. Um, but so really for me, it's like, I mostly consider myself a director now, you know? Um, and I've been, uh, directing more like in the last three years than I ever have. And I'm pretty happy about it. Like I, I, we, I finally made the transition into television. Um, and there's just, there's just more work and, you know, it's, it's, it's very rewarding. Um, and I, I love doing it. And also, man, you know, what, what, you know, and I mean, I, I guess I expected it, but I didn't think it was going to be so, um, you know, like, like, like such a big deal is that the idea that like, you know, working on television really, um, you know, you, you're constantly working on your chops, man. So you become, you know, you're just becoming a better director, the more you direct, you know? And, and, uh, so I've been directing now, uh, a lot of TV shows for the last three years and I haven't done a feature in a while. So I really, I'm really kind of, uh, you know, jonesing to like, you know, try out all the new techniques and all the new little toys that I know now, all the little tricks, the new tricks on my, on the next feature, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'll always be, a, you know, I always love making, you know, feature films. 
Um, but the, on the TV side, you know, that's really like, for me, it's, it's, it's where I'm making my living right now. And then also just, you know, creatively, there's so, so much good TV now, you know, yeah, so enough. it's TV not TV like TV. you're doing something just for the money or whatever. You really do get a lot of, you know, I, I get a lot of creative satisfaction, a lot of, um, just, you know, working with crews. Like it's, it's very rewarding. Yeah, no, TV is, uh, definitely leveled up and up their game. So do you now, do people just find you or do you really have to hang your shingle out and after every job you know it's you're trying to worry about the next job or now is it been consistent enough to where people know that you're out there yeah yeah i mean it's it's a little bit of both you know like i mean i think that um you know it's not like i'm out there calling people or whatever but i think my agents and my manager um they definitely make calls and stuff and uh you know, right now, like every show, every pretty much every show that I've done that has another that it, that has continued has asked me back. So I, you know, so the more I get, you know, into that, the better it is because just more people, you know, know me. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely, uh, you know, kind of like a, you know, a, 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 you know, kind of an, a snowball rolling down a hill. There, there really is this momentum, um, and yeah, eventually, like I think. Like now, it's just it's just I, I, I get invited back to the shows I've done, and then my agents go out and try to find a couple of new gigs and new contacts, and um, just kind of work that way. And then and then also Greg and I, my partner, uh, we're really concentrating on trying to get our own show on the air. Oh, cool! Um, yeah, we we had a we had a great show that we were doing with stars, that but it took it was that, that took place in Cuba, and. Um, we were like, we were, we wrote the pilot, we wrote the Bible. They, you know, it was with stars. They, we were doing it with, uh, Alejandro Brujes, who's the guy who did, uh, Juan of the dead, that Cuban film, Oh yeah, right. which I love. And, and we, we came up with this really cool idea that took place in Cuba and we were ready to, you know, start going to scouting and all that stuff. And then Castro died and then, uh, Trump got elected. So the whole kind of shooting in Cuba is just not really an option right now. So that, oh, that, yeah, that collapsed. We were very, very disappointed about that. Um, but you know, Greg and I are constantly coming up with stuff and, uh, we hope to get something going, uh, you know, soon. Uh, but, but that's for us, that's kind of the, the big thing is to be able to like, you know, creatively spend, you know, six episodes, 10 episodes, like building the story, building the characters, you know, we just, it, it just seems like it would be a lot of fun for us. Yeah, no TV, you get that longer arc, the more story you can tell. Where do you do most of your filming at when you, when you're doing these shows, is it still in LA or is it New York, Atlanta? No, no, actually I, I, you know, I've, I've done like a couple of small things in LA, you know, nothing big, but mostly Vancouver and then Texas. Um, like I, I shot a lot in Austin, uh, when I was doing dust till dawns and then, uh, it, last this year I went to Dallas to shoot, uh, queen of the South. Uh, um, uh, and then, and then, yeah, and then Vancouver, man. And then, and I'm trying to like, I'd, I'd love to get some gigs in New York so I can, you know, be closer to, to home and stuff and maybe be able to come home on the weekends or whatever. But, um, having lucked out yet on the New York thing, but we're, tr- we're trying, we'll, we'll get there eventually. Um, so yeah, man. And, and then LA, I'm actually doing my first show in LA. Um, my first big show in February. So looking forward to it. Okay, cool. No, that's, that's great. So 
are you mostly now seeing the advantage and are just kind of staying within a particular genre? I'm sure we all, as storytellers, we all have a lot of genres we want to play in, but then you kind of get known for a particular one. So you kind of stay in that. Is that, where do you, where do you see yourself? Yeah. I mean, I mean you know, it, it's, a, it's much easier for me to, you know, get a horror movie, you know, get in front of people to pitch a horror movie or a horror show than it is, you know, anything else. I mean, it, it really, that's just the way it is, you know? Um, but, but the thing about horror is, and why I love the genre so much is that, you know, it's, it's one of the, it's really the only genre where, you know, it has like subgenres, pretty much unlimited subgenres. Like, you know, you can stay in the horror mark world and do a creature feature, do a monster movie, do a, you know, a, a psychological thriller, do, you know, a straight out, you know, a ghost movie, Bigfoot, you know, Jaws is, you know, horror movie. Like, um, you can do com- comedy horror, you can do action horror. I mean, there are really a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of flexibility in the horror world, which I really love. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it, I am stuck in the horror world, you know, um, but it's a great place to be stuck in. Uh, yeah. and, and, you know, and like the, the, you know, I'm, you know, slowly branching out to other stuff. Like I have a, a comedy, uh, that I, we're trying to finance right now, just locally called sinkhole Two, um, about a sentient sinkhole. Um, and, uh, so yeah, it's kind of, you know, it's that kind of movie. Um, so, you know, but, but re- which is, I've been wanting to do a comedy for a really long time. Uh, but so there's always kind of these side projects that I'm trying to do. Um, but yeah, it's much easier to stay in, in kind of in the zone, then veer off, you know what I mean? But again, like the horror genre has so much, you know, flexibility, you know, that, that, that it kind of keeps you, it keeps you entertained, you know, never, never bored, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it does have a lot of subgenres you can kind of, kind of go in. So yeah. you, is that kind of where you're at as well as a producer? You're, you have stuff you're working on with other people's stuff. You're also trying to get your own stuff financed and you have several of those plus the show. Um, you know, it seems like, the more irons in the fire is kind of the way to the way to go instead of trying to hit that one hit wonder and focus on that. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you gotta have material, man. That's, that's one thing. You gotta have a bunch of different things going or else because you never know, um, what's going to hit. I mean, unless, you know, you become like, you know, JJ Abrams or, you know, at at a level where, you know, everything you do gets green lit, you know, it's just a matter of finding somebody to, to finance it. Um, you know, for us mere morals, you know, there, there is just, you know, you just have to keep throwing stuff out and, and coming up with new ideas and new ways to, you know, to build IP. Um, uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's exhausting sometimes, but, uh, you know, it's, it's what you got to do because you never know, man. Like there, there are so many, you know, especially on the feature side, there's so many feature films that, I've been attached to in one way or another and such a, such a small fraction of them ever get produced. You know what I'm right. saying? So you, you gotta like, just keep going, you know, you gotta keep doing, cause you never know when, uh, you know, where the money's going to come from. So yeah, you gotta keep moving, man. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I, I agree with that. Is there anybody out there that you'd love to work with or that you just are super, super fan of that you're like, man, one day it'd be really cool to, to work with them. I, I mean, there's, there's, there's so many, um, you know, um, acting side, like, you know, there's, uh, I mean, there's so many great actors, man, but like, um, like Shia LaBeouf is like one of my, like, I know he's crazy and, but I 
I love his energy and yeah. I, and he has, he doesn't like to me, he does, he puts everything into every character. Like that guy does never phones it in, man. Yeah. And I just so much appreciate that. But him on the acting side, there's so many men like James Franco and um, Jennifer Lawrence. I'd love to work with. I mean, there's so many great actors. And then, um, a lot of people that I've already, like, like a lot of people that I've already worked with, I'd love to work with. And then, um, uh, on the, um, like composer side, there's, you know, there's, uh, there's all these composers that I'd love to work with. Um, it, it's, it's, uh, you, the, the, and, that, and that's the great thing about TV, man, is that you are constantly meeting, you know, actors and writers and other directors that, um, you know, you, you, you know, obviously you wouldn't meet, you wouldn't meet otherwise. And, uh, and you learn, you know, you learn from each of them. You, there's something, you know, it's like actors, especially like you, there's so, there's so many things I learned from actors, just, um, you know, what they do and how they turn in, turn it on. And, you know, and it's, and it's such a, for me, it's like such a, uh, such a wonder to see them, you know, there's, there, there's like, like the really great ones, uh, like they work this magic that I will never understand. You know what I mean? Um, but, uh, but there's, you know, but, but man, it's not only that, man. Like I think I get inspired by the crew, you know, like the, 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 the film crews and TV crews, man, they work. And you know what I'm saying? They, they work so hard, man. Yeah. And, um, and I just, and they, and they have such a great spirit and, and, and most of them, you know, is most of them, you know, obviously there's always some, somebody, who just is not, you know, woke up on the wrong side of the bed or just is, has been working in this industry for too long. But, you know, they just love it so much, man. You know, you get so much, such great energy from, and, 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 and me as a director, it's one of the great things for me, like one of the most rewarding things is to be able to go in, especially to a new show and, and be like completely the new kid on the block. Yeah. Um, you know, the new kid in the classroom, but, you know, still try to, you know, figure out how to get the best work out of everybody, you know? And, and for me, it's like, that's really like, like I love to inspire people and, and, and there's different ways of doing it, but mostly it's just showing respect and, and not wasting their time. Like my, my thing as a director is like, just be prepared, man. You gotta be, you gotta know the answers. And if you don't know the answers, then, uh, you know, go, go find those answers as quickly as possible, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, you know, there's so many, I, I love the energy on sets and, uh, you know, so there's, and, you know, as far as like working with people, there's so many, uh, great people. And also like, I mean, that's one of the things that I, that Greg and I want to do, you know, if we get a TV show is that there's, you know, there's all these great directors and writers and, um, you know, people that we know that work in the, in the industry that we would love to bring into the show, you know, either to direct an episode or to, you know, come into the writer's room or, you know, whatever, you know, say, so for, for us, it's, you know, for me, it's, 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 there's a lot of like, you know, kind of trying to bring the family and there's a lot of people that I've worked with in the past that I just, I would love to work it with again, especially on, on our own show, you know? Yeah. No, wouldn't that be awesome? So you actually did that for me one time. So I just finished a feature film and we both shared the post sound production, uh, uh, house studio unknown. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, so I think you were, you were wrapping up with lovely Molly mm-hmm. and I had a feature called the fellows hip rise of the gamers. And oh, yeah, man. I was trying to get distribution and you were kind enough to be like, Hey, you know what? Call this person and call that person. Sure enough, man. Boom. I got distribution. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. As a result to, to all those 
uh, you know, tracking down and I went to AFM and the, and the whole bit. So you were true to your word. So I definitely personally appreciated that. I don't know if you knew the connection, but no, I didn't know, man. Yeah. That's yeah. So met uh, Mark Rodesky out of it. And ironically, I ended up working. I did an epic fantasy uh, called the Rangers and cast Gretchen Lodge, who is, oh. your lead, you know, your lead in Lovely Molly. So we definitely have traveled in a lot of the a lot of the same circles uh, with that. So talk to me a little bit about uh, TV briefly as, as we kind of wind down. I just wanted to talk a minute because I am geeking out about it. Um, walking into the set um, that they've been now doing it for a while, Supernatural, what was yeah. that kind of experience like? Well, that was, I mean, you know, I, you know, I, um, that was really kind of nerve wracking, man. I mean, it was very intimidating, you know, because like I, like I went in and I, I did, uh, I've done two shows with them. And my first episode was like, I think like the 239th episode or something like that. Like, or, you know, something, something in the two hundreds. Yeah. So you're like, you know, like, yeah, what do you know I how do you go into this place and, you know, pretend to know, you know, whatever, I don't know. It's It'd like, you know, things yeah. already so far ahead, you know? Yeah. Um, but man, you know, the, the great thing about it, and, and this is what I, t- I was telling you about TV, man, is that the, 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 you know, at least I haven't run into any bad ones. So hopefully, you know, knock on wood, but they do welcome the director in, man. You know, it's like, they really do, um, you know, they just treat you well. They make you uh, feel at home. And, um, and, you know, and, and, and what I've learned also from doing television is that, you know, the, the crews are mostly the same. You know what I mean? Like, you know, once you get to that level, there's, they're just real, all of them are really good at their jobs, you know? And some of the, and a lot of them love their jobs. A lot of them, you know, are kind of this way and that, whatever, you know, uh, lackadaisical about it, but they're, they're all the same. They're just people who are just trying to get through the day and trying to, you know, get through the week. And, um, and, and so if you come in and like I was talking earlier and you have your shot sheets and, you have this, you know, you've thought through the things, you know, you've read the script, you've answered, you have answers to questions. Like they really do appreciate when, um, you know, you can give them definitive answers and that's what I try to do. And also for on the set, you know, they, they do, you know, they, you know, I think the crew, uh, so much of what the crew does is based on what they see the director doing, you know, or how the director leads them. So when they see you hustling and you not wasting their time and you having your shit together and having, you know, knowing the script and being able to answer questions and all that stuff, like, like they appreciate that and they will, they're not going to slow you down. You know what I mean? Right. Saying they're not going to slow you down. So, um, I, you know, I just, that, I, I love that energy and, and, and that's, and it's all, but, but man, for coming into supernatural, you know, a show is such a following already. Um, it was really intimidating, but once, you know, they take you down to the set and I met, you know, Jared and Jensen. And once I meet those guys and, you know, the crew is like, um, they really do love those guys, man. Like, like the reason that that show has gone, you know, now 13 seasons, is that those guys, the crew loves those guys and those, and the guys respect the crew. Um, and it's great to see that, man. It's great to see that kind of, you know, family, 
Um, so, you know, I, I'm doing another one in December and I can't wait. I oh, can't cool. wait to get back there. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems like, you know, guys at that level, the actors uh, in particular, um, it seems like they still want direction. You know, they still want to be directed. You know, as it, it, as- it, it, it depends. It depends. Like, I mean, I think like, you know, so, like Jared and Jensen, man, they've done absolutely everything on that yeah. show. So like when, you know, you come to them and you, and I, you know, you, you're trying to work on the blocking they're really helpful. Like if they see that, you know, you need a little, you know, cause blocking is, you know, sometimes you, the best ideas come from the actors, you know, you gotta, you know, you kind of have to have an idea as to how it's going to work, but you gotta be open to somebody saying, Hey, why don't I come in through this? And then here, and you're like, Oh, that's great. It works better. You know, whatever. And the same thing with the DP and you know, it's, it's uh, an AD sometimes comes up with great ideas. So you have to be open to that. So, you know, the thing about Jared and Jensen is that they're such and, you know, and all really great actors, but especially Jared and Jensen, who have been doing this show for so long. So they've done every fight. They've done right. they've fought every creature. They've right. you know, seen everything. So there's, um, you know, you, you, you know, they, they, they want direction, but they also are very willing to help because they want to get out of there yeah. as quickly possible too sure, so sure. you know so it, it's a lot of fun so but, but it's it's different for for um for certain actors like like certain actors do like to be kind of hey can you do can you do this for me and do that can you you know whatever and then other ones man you can't you learn very quickly like that's what you, that's what you get you can get another take if you want but that's it. That's what you get, <laughs> and then you get it, and you move on. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, yeah. But so that's but that's just the way it is. You know, that, that's yeah. not your problem. You know, as a as a director on a TV show. You know? Yeah, yeah, right, right. So, um, where can people find you and support you, man? What do you, what do you have? You know, that we can push people to? Is it a Facebook page, website? Yeah, yeah. Just look me up on Facebook. Uh, Eduardo M. Sanchez is uh, is where I go by, and then on uh, Twitter, uh, I'm a Sanchez on the mic, which is the stupidest thing I could come up with. Um, but yeah, man, I have and Hacks and Films. Uh, I have a, a, a Facebook pages for those for that so anything that i'm doing it's you know i i keep in touch with people and i love and i have we have a great you know blair witch uh, fan club right now fan page oh, cool. um we're doing this blair witch tour in october which is like the fifth anniversary of the tour and it's a lot of fun and we're having yeah it's great uh but yeah man just you know i think facebook and twitter are probably the best ways to to follow me well, man, you, it feels like that you're one of us and, and you've, you've, you know, you've kind of made it. It's like one of us making it. So we're rooting for you, man. So appreciate your time and your insight. Um, you know, looking forward to, uh, how you're going to scare us next. So we'll definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That. Well, thanks, man. Th- thanks, man. And, uh, yeah. And let me see what you're up to too, man. I love to, uh, send me the Gretchen thing when you're done, when you're ready to show it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Love All right. Thanks, thanks so much All for right. your time, man. Cool, man. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. See you. Absolutely. Film Trooper, empowering filmmaking entrepreneurs.